On Friday, October 8th, 2021, a loving friend, father, husband, and brother left this world for the life that comes after death. Charlie Tualatai has been a part of the Katina family for decades. The stories you're about to hear are a glimpse of the pieces of my Uncle Charlie that still live inside of my family, even after his passing. As we mourn the loss of our dear brother and uncle, we are comforted by the hope that we have that one day we will be reunited with Uncle Charlie so that we may share these stories with him again. Until then, our hearts are with his beautiful wife, Kara, and his three sons who he loves very much, Rocky, Ocean, and Vinny. Emily Dickinson once said, Unable are the loved to die, for love is immortality. I have so many memories of my brother, Charlie. He was like the sixth brother. You know, there's Uncle Dave, uh, but but since we've been here traveling, um, uh, and I just, I don't re really remember the last 30 years without Charlie. Um, so we needed a sound guy because I was playing keys and we had a soundboard um, to the left on stage and I was trying to mix sound. And uh, so finally we reconnected with Charlie because we grew up with uh, Charlie in Samoa. And um, so one of my first memories when we reconnected was me trying to teach him uh, what I knew about audio, which was not a lot. <laughs> And so um, we had this small mixer board and it had like a, maybe a eight band EQ. And uh, so I said, okay, Charlie, see this eight band EQ? Don't touch it. Just always leave it smiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And you know, uh, throughout the, the years together, we, he would remind me about that. You remember when you told me to make the EQ smile? <laughs> um, but he, uh, at that time, he didn't know anything about sound, but I remember in our travels, I would see him, whether we were on, a, on the van or in an airplane, he had all these audio magazines out and, and man, he was, he dove in and that's the kind of, that's the kind of guy he was. Wow. That's, uh, that's <laughs> inspiring to me just because, mm -hmm. you know, I've been over the last few years trying to teach myself just yeah. a little bit what I know about production yeah. and lucky for me i had youtube and mm -hmm. uh uncles and, and stuff who've yeah. been around that all the time but uh thinking about uncle charlie just make it smile that's like, yeah i've heard that story before yeah. and i think i've used that tip a few times <laughs> myself uncle yeah yeah um and you know so charlie man if if i think one of the words that describe him to me is peculiar man. Mm. peculiar Definitely. everyone knows him he's soft-spoken but uh, his life speaks, um, and so when you know when I say peculiar, uh, so here's an example: we were on this long trip to Canada, and it took us all day to get there. And so we finally get to Canada. We get out of the air, airport, and uh, this lady's picking us up in this small van. And normally it'll be either your your dad, uh, you know, Joe sitting in the front. You know, or or me, or just somebody that's going to make conversation with this new driver. You know, <laughs> this time around, Charlie, he was sitting up front. So, um, and we were tired. You know, we were like, hope, hope Charlie will just kind of 
keep the lady company and you know because we had a little bit of a drive ahead of us and so the first thing charlie says to this lady he says so um do you guys have any natural disasters here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the, the lady said you mean like uh, hurricanes or yeah yeah that kind of thing <laughs> Oh, it was crazy. And one, one more real quick one. Okay. I know the other guys want to uh, tell their stories, but uh, another day with that, you know, it was a traveling. We were exhausted, just like man, this. But we were hungry, mm-hmm. and we're like, Shh, and nothing was open. We finally find this. I don't know if it was a Denny's or whatever. So we're, you know, we we can speak to each other without saying anything. And so when you're tired and exhausted, everyone knows we're going to get in that restaurant. We're going to order something that they can make quick. And then we're all going to get to the hotel and get some rest. So the, the so we sit down at this table in the restaurant and the wait, waitress makes her way around. And what do you want? Oh, I'll just take chicken, chicken wings. Okay. How about you? Uh, tenders, you know, just easy stuff. Gets to Uncle Charlie. <laughs> she says, uh, sir, can I take your order? And he pauses for a minute. And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What is Uncle Charlie going to say? And he goes, ma'am, do you have any baby carrots? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I was thinking the lady was going to say, uh, not at this time <laughs> of the night. Um, but, man, uh, so, Josh, you know, these last three days, man, I... I keep thinking I'm gonna wake up from a bad dream, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he, I, when, when everyone, when I hear everyone describe him, they talk about how mellow he was, soft-spoken, but uh, he he was very impactful to your dad and, and the rest of uh, your uncles um, by his consistency, mm-hmm. his his loyalty, his his. Um, his faithfulness, and you know, when I heard that he went to heaven, man, I just um, it it I just thought about all the the years that he gave to to us, you know, and to help facilitate our our uh, vision and and our the ministry. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Charlie. Yeah. Um, he he man, he took us. He was with us through a lot of uh, miles, and then. Um, so shortly after after the Katinas, which was only, I don't know, maybe I'm guessing like maybe five years, his you know, before <clears throat> his last Friday night when he went to heaven. Uh, but in those five years, I just saw the way that he loved on Auntie Kara, and the the dad he was, mm-hmm. um, and it just that ministered to me because uh, you know. You don't have to guess where where he's at as far as his uh, his affection and his uh, his dedication. You know, you just watch the way he lives, and yeah. and it, it speaks loudly. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing those stories, Uncle. I know you have. You <laughs> we could sit here for hours and talk, but yeah. um, just to finish up my time with you, Uncle Yeti, I wanted to ask you, uh, if if Uncle Charlie were here now, um, and you had a chance to say something to him. What would you say? Man, I would give him a, just a big hug, man. And uh, I would say, Charlie, thank you. Thank you for, for speaking through your actions 
because that's taught me a lot. Um, and there's a lot of scripture references too that I can think about where it says, you know, um, don't, don't uh, expect a big fanfare or, you know, when you do things, you do something good, just do it because it's from the goodness of your heart. And uh, I think, especially in this day with social media, you know, there's all kinds of stuff blasted out and but man, you can be powerful and be quiet, uh, be, have, a, have that meekness about you. And I would say, Charlie, thank you for that, man. Love you, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello, everybody. This is John here. Um, man, so honored and thankful. Uh, just thankful to my nephew, Josh, for this opportunity. Uh, what an amazing uh, idea to honor and to uh, give you just some memories, talk about some memories um, as it relates to our, our brother, Charlie Twalatai. <clears throat> so Josh, thank you for allowing me to um, send this to you. I'm not in town right now, but um, as I think about Charlie and I've been thinking about him so much as I know uh, those who know Charlie uh, personally, but even from afar, uh, you've been thinking about him as well and uh, so many memories have just flooded my my mind and my heart um i miss him dearly i i think about the quiet gentle uh spirited person that he was but what's really interesting and intriguing to me is is his life uh he lived it out loudly and there's no doubt that when you think about Charlie Twalatai, there are certain specific words or memories that come to your mind about the, uh, the man and, and the legacy and the impact that he's made on all of us. We, we will forever be marked by such an amazing human being that God um, gave us all the opportunity to be around and to get to know. Um, yeah, so a lot of <laughs> oh, a lot of different uh, memories about Charlie. We we worked with him for man close to thirty years, uh, at least twenty five years, and um, he, he's been in, in our lives in in every area that you can imagine. He was like a, a biological brother to me. Um, but this one memory, <clears throat> I'll share a story. Uh, it's 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 a a story of of two young men, Charlie and myself. You know, we grew up in the same. Uh, so we grew up in in the islands, uh, a part of the same denomination. This particular denomination was, um, you know, sort of legalistic. Uh, we couldn't. Anything that was attached to fun or having a good time was, if you did that, you were out of the will of God. Uh, very legalistic. You know, we didn't dance or, or smoke or drink and go to parties. That, that was our, our upbringing and pretty much lived, lived that sort of lifestyle even into our early 20s, and, um, which is kind of when we uh, connected with Charlie again after he served in um, the military. And uh, I'm so honored that 
he uh, he he gave of his service to to the U.S. Uh, military, and we honor him for that as well. But after his uh, his stint in the the military, we connected with him. Remember my brother um, Sam um, showing him just some general ideas of how to run sound, how to run a, a, a console. Because Charlie knew, I mean, that was foreign to him. He knew nothing of it, and we needed a sound guy. So Charlie was available and didn't have anything going on after he got out of the military. So that was the start of our our working relationship with Charlie. And so uh, he moved in with uh, myself, James, and Jesse. And, uh, man, we had, a, we had some fun, fun times together at the Brent Ridge Apartments in Antioch, Tennessee. <laughs> And I remember Saturday night, um, uh, Jesse and James, they'd gone to bed and Charlie and I were just up. I don't know. We were probably watching TV. And then we just, I don't know whose idea it was, but we found ourselves in our four tours. We all, all four of us shared a car. Uh, he and I decided to go to Nashville. Uh, so Antioch was about 20 minutes um, from Nashville, and we just thought, man, let's just let's go let's go see what the nightlife is about, and and we went to a, a nightclub. Now, like I said earlier, that was man, we didn't we didn't do that. That was like the enemy enemy's territory, so we stayed far away from that because <laughs> we were so spiritual. It, it had nothing to do with the genuine uh, uh, faith walk or love for Jesus. We were just so. Uh, legalistic and judgmental, but <laughs> I don't know, something broke in us and the cu curiosity was uh, pretty profound and we uh, found ourselves going to a nightclub in Nashville and we we had our hoodies on, you know, because we had to make sure nobody knew of this uh, risky business and uh, we didn't want to be found out and cause drama. Definitely didn't want our brothers to, to know. And so we walk into this nightclub. The music is bumping, you know, the fog, the haze from the fog machine is everywhere. And it's just dark and it's just darkness all over the place. It, it looks like the lake of fire. And, and our, on our drive there, man, we were talking about how we were just going to just go all in, man, and just, you know, party it up. And uh, But we walk in there, and I'm not sure what it was. It must have been conviction, or we were scared to death um, of the whole situation. So we decided to order orange juice. <laughs> we got two, two dudes in their early 20s, and we're ordering orange juice. And we go off and, and sit in a corner. And I'm telling you, man, we didn't even speak to each other. We were just like, you know, deers in, in a headlight. And uh, we drink our orange juice. Man, we probably lasted 20, 25 minutes and we were out of there. And um, back, drove back to Antioch. But, man, I, that's just a funny memory. And we actually, Charlie and I were talking about that recently at... Uh, my uh, nephew Jackson's wedding. Somehow we got to talking about how we were in the corner at this nightclub drinking orange juice. <laughs> but um, man, I, 
you know, Charlie, his, his impact on my life is I, I could write a book, but, um, I'm just so honored and, um, I, I miss him terribly and I'm, I'm struggling, um, with the idea that he, he left us and that he is now in the presence of the almighty worshiping at his feet. Um, I just would have loved to have more time with him. Um, but I want to say, uh, know if Kara's listening to this, Kara, love you, sister. Um, uh, you know, words are futile. Uh, words, you know, at this point uh, can can be uh, empty. Maybe uh, they don't pack a, a a a big punch right now. But I want you to know that. We are all here for you, and I, I know that you've been receiving messages and text messages and calls and letters, but we are we're here for you, and we want you and my nephews Rocky, uh, Ocean, and Vinny to know that um, you have family, you have brothers, uh, sisters, um, the boys have cousins and, and friends and loved ones who are committed to walking with you in these next days and weeks and months. Um, and however we can uh, lighten the load for you, uh, we will do that and we will be there for you. Um, so to those of you who, who grieve like we do, um, man, the Bible says that blessed are those that, that mourn for they shall be comforted. And it really is only the, the work of the Holy Spirit that brings about that comfort. So rest in that. Um, totally understand how hard this is to accept that Charlie is no longer with us physically. Um, it's going to take some time, but please know that God gives us permission and he, he gives us the space and the time to grieve, however long that takes. Um, and in time, as we lean into Jesus, just know that the comfort of the Holy Spirit is a real thing. And uh, it's there for all of us. Charlie, I miss you. And uh, we'll see you on the other side, brother. You know, as I'm sitting here uh, thinking about my brother, my friend Charlie, who I consider to be one of my very best friends. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm always you know, careful in, in just using that term, but, but I am very honored to say that he truly, Charlie, was truly one of my best friends. Um, many people who know Charlie know that he was, he was a, a more soft-spoken, uh, a man of a few words, but, you know, his, his character and what he personified while he was here, it was truly larger than, than life uh, for, for people who knew him intimately and then just people who uh, only encountered him for um, a short period of time were, were getting all of these messages, texts from people that we didn't even realize knew Charlie. And uh, over the last you know four or five days, uh, since uh, Charlie passed, and it's profound, the kind of impact that he had. But Charlie was one of my best friends, and I consider him a brother. Um, 
Chris and uh, Chrissy and I were just reminiscing. We we actually went on five family vacations wow. together with uh, Charlie and Kara. Um, uh, uh, several of them were were in Orlando at Disney World because that was a favorite spot uh, of everyone, but really of of uh, Kara and. So it was awesome because our kids at the different ages that they were, they loved it. And I just remember my, my time with uh, Charlie. Again, it wasn't so much on the conversations that we had, although we, we had some, some very poignant conversations, but it was really just about being together. Uh, I just, I always felt like I could just be myself with Charlie. If I didn't want to talk, he was the perfect guy to, to be around. Um, we, we loved listening to music together. Uh, we loved reminiscing. Um, that's the one thing that I will always remember about Charlie. Uh, we, he was very fond of memories from when he was a child uh, in his childhood. But one of the the memories that stick out to me was uh, when uh, Chrissy and I were celebrating uh, our 10-year anniversary, and uh, we decided to go to uh, an awesome place, uh, Monterey Bay, uh, in Northern California, uh, and then from there we went to Pebble Beach. It was just the best time, and what made it so awesome is that Charlie and Kara came along with us. And uh, we took in uh, San Francisco, uh, Pier 39, Fisherman's Wharf, uh, had the best meals together. We, we took so many pictures, uh, videos, just walking the bay, Monterey Beach. Um, and and what's, what's interesting is uh, we also rented a convertible. I believe it was a Lexus convertible. I don't know why. We thought it would just be cool to just go along that waterside and um, and just have the the top down. And uh, but I remember this was shortly after a dear friend of ours who happened his name happened to be Charlie Charlie Thurston. Charlie Thurston and Kathy Thurston were dear friends of ours, and Charlie Thurston had suddenly passed away just maybe a month or so um, before. And, uh, and, and Charlie and I were reminiscing. And uh, it was actually when we were just driving along the coast, we were in the back seat and Kara and Chrissy were in the front seat. And, and we just remember talking about life and how life is fragile. You know, life is short. It's, uh, it's, there's no guarantees that we'll see the next day so it's interesting to me that that trip and that moment in time is um, what sticks out to me in in all of the memories that I've had with Charlie because he he did hold life very dear he wasn't cavalier about it he wasn't lackadaisical uh, this guy loved well he took care of his wife and three boys and uh, I, you know, I can go on and on, but, but I'm just grateful. I'm honored that I get to say that I, I, I knew this man in a very um, close way 
Uh, he impacted my life more than he'll ever know. Um, but I, I, I hold dear these, these moments uh, that I had with him. Both Chrissy and I think the world of Kara and the boys. And now it's our opportunity to rally around Kara during this time. Um, I'm going to miss my brother for sure. Great stories, Uncle. I um, appreciate you coming over just for a few minutes to sit down and reminisce with me about Uncle Charlie. And um, I've asked this to uh, some of your brothers already. And, uh, you know, I told them that this podcast has really uh, given me a chance to be able to say things that I want to say. And, um, you know, no matter who's listening, I, I do feel like there's value in the fact that I've been able to say out loud a lot of things and ideas that I have. And yeah. um, as you sit here and as we reminisce about <clears throat> reminisce about Uncle Charlie, um, I want to give you an opportunity to say what you would say to him if he were in the room here and um, you had a chance to talk to him one more time. Charlie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to me. And, um, thank you for always valuing whatever I had to say. Um, You're a great listener. I always felt like I had a an attentive audience, whether it was talking to you on the phone or on those many trips. Of course, we worked together for almost 25 years. And bro, I just, I appreciate you. I just thank you. I thank you for being such an example of what a true man of God is, not a perfect man. <laughs> because you and I, we also felt very safe in sharing our struggles, our downfalls, our mistakes. Because uh, you and I knew that uh, neither one of us would judge each other. But also we were each other's uh, supporter, cheerleader. And so I just want to say thank you, man. Thank you for being that to me. I love you forever, brother. I miss you. This is Jesse. One of the coolest memories that I had with Charlie was uh, many, many years ago, he and I were both single. And uh, we shared an apartment for about two and a half years. One of our favorite things to do was just sit in the living room, watch TV, basketball, football games, or the news, just anything. And we would watch it for hours, two, three hours at a time. The interesting thing about it was there was not a whole lot said. We just watched and watched and watched. By the time it was nighttime, we just looked at each other and said, all right, Charlie, it's a good day, man. Get some rest. Have a good night. We'd go to our separate rooms, wake up the next day, 
do it all over, go to work, practice, and end up in the living room. And uh, from time to time, we say our prayers together, have devotion, and then watch TV and eat pizza and <laughs> drink sodas and just kick it in our living room. And hours, hours, nothing said. Night comes. All right, Charlie, get some rest. Well, it's just one night and it just felt different. Again, we found ourselves in the same spot watching TV. But this time we said goodnight to each other and Charlie got up. He walked around the, the hallway to where I almost couldn't see him anymore. And he peeked his head through. He goes, oh, hey, Jess. I said, yeah, what's up, man? He said, uh, would you be my best man? I said, oh, are you serious, bro? What? Yeah, man, would you be my best man? I said, yeah, man, it would be an honor. I would love to, Charlie. And he said, all right, Jess, thanks, man. Get some rest, man. We'll see you in the morning. <laughs> and that was it. Nothing else was said about his wedding until the day he got married to Kara. I'll never forget that day. Charlie was soft-spoken, didn't say much. But when he did, oh my goodness, it was something as serious as being his best man. So, uh, Charlie, I sure do miss you, man. I love you. Thinking about you often. And uh, I can't wait till that sweet day when uh, we can sit up there in heaven and uh, find some space, watch TV, and uh, not say much. Um, bro, I miss you, man. I love you. I'll see you soon, Chuck. Charlie, Oli Oli, Twalatai. For those of you who don't speak Samoan, Oli Oli, Charlie's middle name, means joy. That's who Charlie was. That's who he is. It didn't matter if it was a big room or just you one-on-one. -on -one. Charlie always brought that joy. And it wasn't because of what he said, because Josh, as you know, he, he said very little. I read this quote the other day and it reminded me about Uncle Charlie. Stuart Stratford said, when war comes, some flee with great alarm while others step forth and quietly seek directions to the battle. That was Charlie. There are so many memories I have outside of the five of us. Charlie was with us the longest. I remember even before we started traveling, uh, Charlie was in the army and he was stationed at uh, Fort Benning in Georgia. And once he knew that we had moved to Nashville, he started driving here, driving up, you know, I don't know, four and a half, five hour drive every time he could get. It wasn't only on the weekends, but even if he had a half day off, I was working at Dillard's in the men's department. And all of a sudden, Charlie would, hey, Joe. And even if it was only for 30 minutes, he just came to hang. And then uh, one of the best days of our music career is when Charlie started traveling with us. I remember uh, we were hesitant because uh, we knew Charlie had just gotten out of the army 
and uh, he needed a job and we had a job, but we couldn't pay him. And I remember uh, meeting with Charlie, all of us. And, you know, we were so young and new and we we're like, Charlie, man, there's so much work. We, we can use you to, to run sound. And Charlie's like, well, I don't know, but I can learn. And we can use you to, to road manage. And he said, well, I don't know how to road manage, but I can learn. And yet, Charlie, we don't have any money to pay you. Charlie said, no, man, that's all good. I just need a place to stay. So Charlie moved to Nashville and he lived with Uncle John, Uncle James and Uncle Jesse. Man, it changed our lives. I was thinking today about different stories I could share about Uncle and uh, Josh, you told me I only have 10 minutes, so I can't share all the memories. <laughs> but I remember uh, in 1998, um, we got the invitation to do a Christmas tour with Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, and Auntie Cece. And I remember uh, Amy's management called us and they said, hey, you know, we're excited to have you guys out on the road, but bunk space is limited. We only have five bunks. <laughs> and we said, oh man, sorry, we need six. And Chaz says, well, isn't there just five of you in the band? We said, no, there's six. He said, well, just five of you sing. And we said, no, yeah, but there's six. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, what does a six guy do? And who is a six guy? We said, the six guy is our other brother, Charlie. And what does he do? He does everything. <laughs> so Charlie went on the road with us. And everybody fell in love with Charlie. The next three years, we did the same tour. And there was never a question about the six guy. Everybody knew. If you had the five, you had the six. Mm. And uh, so we met Auntie Kara. Obviously, before she became Auntie Kara, she was just a young girl, so full of talent, beautiful. Her and her sister, Amy Joy, were singing backgrounds with us. And we would travel. I don't, I don't remember how many cities. I mean, literally, the Christmas tour would start the week before Thanksgiving. And we literally went all over the country. And uh, it was a huge show. I, I think there was almost 200 people out on the road with us between the symphony, the crew. I mean, there was tour buses. There was planes. It was, it was an extravagant tour. And after every city, we'd get on the bus, travel four or five hours to the next city. And we would pull into the city to the hotel either you know, anywhere from three in the morning to six. And, uh, you know, some would sleep on the bus, but, but us brothers, we couldn't, we were like, man, we're, we're taking advantage of these nice hotels we're staying at. <laughs> so we, the bus could pull up at three or four or five in the morning and we'd all wake up and get off to go to our rooms. And about the second week into the tour, Charlie wasn't getting off the bus. We'd wake up, we'd come to the front of the bus and there would Charlie would be just sitting on the floor and Takara would be laying or sitting on the couch and they'd just be talking. Wow. City after city after city. And we realized, man, it's over. <laughs> Charlie found the love of his life. And we would always wonder to each other, what in the heck is Charlie saying to Kara? Cause he doesn't say much, but whatever he said, Stole Auntie Carol's heart. Hmm. 
So that was 1998 when we went on tour. 1999, they were dating. And in 2000, they were married. And I remember a specific time. I believe it was the second year. So this would have been 99. Uh, we all split. You know, we all roomed with. Uh, we, we switched out who we'd, we, we would room with. And I remember specifically we're in Vegas. And I was rooming with Uncle Charlie. And it was like way past midnight. And all of a sudden I hear Uncle Charlie kind of, you know, quietly coming into the room. He didn't want to wake me up. And uh, as soon as he got in bed, I said, dude, where you been, bro? And Uncle Charlie not saying much. He couldn't hold what he was feeling inside. He said, man, Joe, I love Kara. Hmm. I knew that was a huge step for him because, you know, Uncle Charlie didn't share a lot of emotion. And that was a deep, deep, deep emotion of his heart that he couldn't hold it anymore. And he just had to tell somebody. He said, I love Kara. I want to marry her. You know what? That was over 20 years ago. And I mean, we weren't we weren't making enough money to provide for families. I mean, we were barely making it. And I remember into our conversation, I said, bro, how are you going to take care of her, man? We're we're all just trying to make ends meet. And he said, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. I think that's the uh, the qualities that one of the qualities that stood out to me about Uncle Charlie is somehow, some way, he always figured it out. And uh, man, those are just that's just one of the memories, Josh. I could spend all night here, all day, telling you about how Uncle Charlie would always come through. Uh, he he steadied us. He brought stability to our brotherhood. And uh, although he never said much, when Uncle Charlie was around, it instilled in us this confidence uh, that somehow, some way, we're going to figure it out. And when people started inviting us to come and play, man, it seems like the opportunities and the doors, they were bigger and bigger. Before I knew, knew it, we were singing in front of thousands And again, having Charlie run sound for us, it didn't, we always knew, man, we're going to sound good. We're, we're going to be good tonight. Because Charlie, Charlie, he's going to figure it out. So uh, I just want to thank you for giving me an opportunity to just uh, express some of these things that you know, this, I never told anybody about my conversation in Vegas until uh, till today. I remember uh, talking to Auntie Kara on the phone for a little bit. And then I got off the phone and I, I shared it with Auntie or t with mom just about. I remember that day in Vegas when he told me, man, I love Kara. How are you going to take care of her? I said, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. Thanks for sharing that, Dad. I um as you were sharing and as I've been reminiscing just about Uncle Charlie these last few days and 
when I knew I wanted to put together a tribute to him, um, you know, sitting here, I, you were my first guest for the podcast. And I remember we said, uh, I'm excited to have you on again. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize the next time I'd have you on as a guest, it would be, um, under these circumstances. But I think that this podcast has given me, uh, a chance to kind of be able to speak my mind on things. Yeah. You know, whoever listens, listens, but, um, I just want to give you a chance to speak your mind. And I've talked to some of the other uncles and I've asked them this. And so, uh, I want to give you a chance to say what you want to say. Um, if uncle Charlie was still here, um, and you had a chance to sit down with him, what would you say? Hmm. Well, the last words that I heard Charlie, Uncle Charlie say to me on Wednesday, two days before he went to heaven was, he said, I love you. And I said, I love him. So I think I definitely say that. And then thank you. I just tell him thank you. You know, when he uh, came into our lives, he had just gotten out of the military. And I won't go into a lot of details uh, other than the fact that he had just gotten out of a, a really a rough relationship. And if you know Charlie, you know Charlie loves deep. I mean, if he lo Charlie loves you, he's going to love you deep. And I'm sure it wasn't different than that with that relationship. And man, he was struggling and he was, he was at a, a, a tough place. And, um, so when we, when he came and joined us, man, none of us had a clue what we were doing. We were just like trying to figure it out. And like I said, uncle Charlie was a big part of helping us to do that. And I guess I would just say, thank you, Charlie. Thank you for risking, risking so much for us, for not only us as individuals, but us as brothers and us as a family. Charlie loved our family. He loved all of our kids like his own. I mean, it takes a, it takes a man with a lot of love to work hard, as hard as Uncle Charlie did for for months for not a dime i was thinking on the way here i mean we did the best we could to take care of uncle charlie and auntie Kara and, and the nephews rocky and ocean and Vinny. but charlie's one of those guys where you could never pay him what he was worth uh, we just couldn't nobody could charlie's like uh uncle charlie's like He's like that necessary, like the air that you can't afford the air, but you need it. <laughs> and you only, you don't realize how important it is until you don't have it. That was Uncle Charlie. So Charlie, thank you, man. Thank you for sacrificing so much. Thank you for risking so much. Thank you for taking major, major steps into the unknown with us, your brothers, 
even when we didn't know, have a clue what we were doing. You trusted God and you believed in us and you lived your life in a way that told all of us, hey man, trust God and somehow we'll figure it out. I love you, bro. This is Josh. Um, it's just me. And uh, if you're still listening, thanks for listening. Hopefully you've gotten to get a little bit of a look into who my Uncle Charlie was and, and what he meant to my family. Um, I'm editing the, the clips and putting them together now and about to load this podcast online so that people can listen, but I figured I'd take just a couple minutes to share a little bit um, of my memories of Uncle Charlie. I, uh, I got to travel a lot with my dad and his brothers when I was younger and growing up, and, uh, you know, my my dad and his brothers will be the first ones to tell you that what they do, they couldn't do it alone. They've, they've had a lot of help along the way. A lot of different people have spent time traveling with them. And, um, you know, I think about people like my uncle Neil, my uncle Xander, Mick Ornelas, uh, Dave May, Paul David, different, uh, guitar players. I, there, there's, there's a lot of people, um, and a lot of names, uh, but a lot of times those faces and names would change over the years, um, but except for one, and that was Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie was there. I don't ever remember Uncle Charlie not being uh, a part of my family and a part of the road crew, and he was a hard worker. Uh, anyone who knows him knows that, and uh, I wanted to share a story or I, this isn't really a, a one-time story, but just an experience that I've had uh, in my time that I've gotten to go on the road with my dad and his brothers and Uncle Charlie. Uh, if, you, if you've ever spent time with them, you'll know that whenever they have a, a show or an event, um, there's, there's two vans that leave from the hotel to the venue, wherever they're playing. So one of those vans is for the five brothers. Uh, they'll, they go from the hotel to the venue for sound check and then to do the, do the show and that's their ride. Um, but there's another van that, that leaves an hour and a half or so before that. Um, and that's, that's the people that, that's the other part of the crew that um, makes things happen. And so people who were in charge of the merch table or production or visuals, they got on that van and that left early. And Uncle Charlie was always on that one. He was always in that van. And so on the times that I got to travel with my dad, uh, a lot of those times... Um, I was put to work. I had to be worth my plane ticket. So I would get on the early van and 
I would always ride with Uncle Charlie. And I don't really remember any specific, you know, conversations or stories or memories, but I do remember always having Uncle Charlie in that early van and we would be the first ones to show up to the venue and he'd start setting up for the show. Um, and I would, you know, do myself, do my best to make myself useful. And, you know, I'm just thankful that I had a chance to be around a guy like Uncle Charlie who showed up early, um, who worked hard. And, you know, whenever the shows would be done, my dad and his brothers often would either go back to the green room to, uh, you know, rest or get ready to leave. And my Uncle Charlie, he was uh, he would always be on the stage, you know, wrapping cables up or putting speakers away or loading the van up to to go to the next location or whatever it was he was the first one there and the last one out and you know I think about all those times that I got to go and leave early with Uncle Charlie and I think about his passing this past Friday and knowing that Uncle Charlie is leaving early again uh Uncle Charlie had a lot of years left ahead of him, and he won't live those here on this earth. But as I'm sure you know by now, if you're still listening, he left behind a, an amazing legacy, and uh, that legacy lives on through his wife and his three sons, and these next few days, weeks, months, and years are, are, are going to be hard. Um, it, things will never be the same for my family, um, but especially for those four. So if you're listening, I just ask you to please pray. Um, pray for comfort, for healing, um, for wisdom, for provision. And I also just want to say that there is a uh, an opportunity for anyone who feels uh, led to give to my auntie Kara and her three sons Rocky Ocean and Vinny um, that link will be in my bio uh, on Instagram Josh Katina if you don't follow me on Instagram um, I'll put that link in my bio and leave it up there for the next few weeks so anyone who feels led to give can Thank you guys for listening. Um, we love you, Uncle Charlie.